You are listening to the Revolutionary Force and Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Webmaster Wade Needham, and you are listening to the Ring Scoops Podcast. And uh, with me this week is Kat. Kat, what's going on? Not much. Life is insane. Life is We're in indeed. a pandemic, people. Quit panic buying again. Yeah, stop hoarding the teepee. <laughs> They're starting to do it again. I know. I know. <laughs> you know who I think is going to be hoarding some TP pretty soon is going to be the guy that w- that cannot be with us this week, and that is McAvall. <laughs> He's going to be uh, having to get the quicker picker-upper <laughs> as uh, McAvall's water has broke. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I kid. Um, Mac, if you're listening to this, buddy, uh, you, you know me, bro. Um with what's going on with the McAvall, I hope everything, uh, you know, turns out for the better. I hope nothing's too much damage. I don't want to, you know, give out details or anything like that. But McAvall not able to join us here for the podcast this week. Uh, and this is a different podcast than we usually do. Um, usually we break it up into segments where we have a very lengthy discussion about, you know, a small handful of topics. Uh, this is the pay per view prediction podcast as we got Survivor Series coming up. This Sunday on the award-winning WWE Network that you can get for $9.99. Woohoo! Save one penny if you're working on the indie circuit. Get paid. You can still have a penny <laughs> left over. All um, right. Just on a handshake deal, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Kat, we got Survivor Series coming up this Sunday. We've got six big matches. Uh, can you guess where Survivor Series is emanating from this weekend? The Thunderdome? You are correct. (laughs) Before it gets moved to Tampa? To the original Thunderdome. (laughs) Yep. I saw pictures of of the place it's moving to, and it looks pretty nice. I have not seen pictures of it. I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, it's actually a dome. I mean, that's why they called it the Thunderdome back in 96. But, uh, well, yeah, that definitely works. <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. It's a dome. It's got, you know, all the cool lighting effects up in the roof that's already there. And I'm sure with WWE's modern spin on it, it's going to look even better. And uh, the, the rumor is that they're going to be able to do a, like what they do at the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center, where they can do a hybrid Thunderdome and uh, actually have people in the arena. That might actually be interesting. Yeah, uh, the rumor is that they're going to toy around with that concept, uh, hopefully for Royal Rumble, which I, I think would be great if they're able to do that and have everything be completely safe with the guidelines. Um, and by the time the Rumble comes around, I'm pretty sure some of the vaccines will, will be out there. And uh, I think we'll, I think in the next two months, well, I think we're going to be in a better place than what we are right now. That sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait to see fans in the arena again but do it safely right. people. do it safely uh Straight up. so yeah we got uh we got six matches um this sunday we'll run down the card we'll give uh you know our, our brief thoughts on uh on on what we think about the matches and uh give our predictions 
Uh, so, Kat, are you ready to start this thing? Yes, actually. Alrighty, here we go. Uh, the first match that is on the list here is a five-on-five men's Survivor Series elimination match. We have Team Raw consisting of the phenomenal AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus. I don't know why I said it like Drew McIntyre, but <laughs> Teddy. Uh, we got Braun Strowman and riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's the biggest twat of all? Uh, they're taking the on, yeah, they're taking on Team SmackDown. Uh, Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and to be determined. Which, by the way, we're recording this on a Thursday, so. Uh, a day before SmackDown airs. So in case they announce who the to be determined is on SmackDown, we want to get that out there that we're recording this the day before that happens. So um, any thoughts on this one, Kat? Um, my, my thought is I hope Seth Rollins beats the shit out of Matt Riddle for, and teaches him a lesson to, you know, not only shut his mouth, but maybe go teach him to go shut his wife's mouth. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Don't don't go be mentioning anything about fucking Becky Lynch, bitch. If you don't got fucking room to stand on. Whoa, wait. Because your husband's a hoe. Oh, I'm a little confused. <laughs> who? who somebody says something about Becky. Yeah, Matt Riddle's wife. What? What does she have to say about Becky? The Becky is a flat, is flabby and fat, and needs to fucking train with her ass to fucking learn how to be in shape every single one of these WWE divas do. Uh, she posted a photo of Becky when Becky was on an episode of NXT. And that was well over five years ago then. No, this was right before Becky announced she was pregnant. That Matt Riddle's wife spoke out on mm-hmm. about Becky. When Becky appeared on an episode of NXT recently. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I well, I thought that maybe the comments came like recently within like the last like week or two. No, this came out actually around Survivor Series of last year. And the whole reason why Seth Rollins literally the when the draft happened, the first, they had a conversation with a lot of the wrestlers and they're like is there anybody you don't want to be on the same roster with? Seth Rollins says, I don't want to be anywhere near Matt Riddle. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a bold statement right there. And obviously yeah, that was, that was Matt well Riddle's been running his mouth. He even did it. Uh, one of the person, one of the people that actually confirmed a lot of his statements that he made around survivor series, talking shit about Seth, was even a candy cat right too. And this is this is obviously well before the speaking out movement this last summer. Yeah, this was November of last year during last year's Survivor Series. And then the comments from Matt Riddle's wife came in a couple months after Survivor Series, right? Mhm. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I yeah, I, she I don't she said that Becky she literally posted a photo of Becky's backside and literally Southern called her flabby and fat. I, I guess I guess I should be feeling blessed that I I, I, I 
this isn't common knowledge kind of shit to me. Like, I guess I, I don't, I, I don't get myself wrapped up in the uh, national Enquirer version of the fucking <laughs> wrestling community. I suppose. Um, well, well, all right. Uh, so, so Seth Rollins is going to be in the same ring as Matt Riddle, uh, theoretically this Sunday as they're going to be on opposing teams. Doesn't necessarily mean that they will probably lock up in the ring, but you know, of course it's wrestling. You, you can still work with somebody and have beef with them. Um, uh-huh. I know that from experience. There's uh, plenty of people that I've had a lot of heat with in my time as a play-by-play commentator. And uh, through the grit of my teeth, still put them over on commentary. Um, I guess, like, uh, I, the thing, I, I haven't... I, I feel bad because I've not been following SmackDown like the last three weeks and like Raw's kind of been on and off, but I did pay attention for the most part of this past week's Raw. Uh, but I, I, from what I gather is uh, like with Team Raw, AJ Styles is kind of campaigning that he's the leader and there's a little dissension in the ranks, correct? Yes. Is the same thing happening on SmackDown or are they all kind of in agreement that it's going to be a group effort? I don't think anybody's even, like, said that they were the the quote-unquote leaders since they've been literally still trying to fill the team. Because it's the exact same thing with the women's SmackDown team is the team's not fully complete yet. Yeah, I do see that the two members are to be determined. And, of course, that could all change tomorrow night on SmackDown. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what sucks about having SmackDown on Friday nights is that when we do pay-per-view predictions, like if we were to do it afterwards, like we'd have like one day to get our predictions out before the pay-per-views. When it was on Tuesday, we could do predictions like Tuesday night or Wednesday night and have like all week long and there'd be like a you know, very little chance of a wild card, but you know, 48 hours before the pay-per-view, I mean, anything can happen tomorrow night on SmackDown. That sucks. I mean, that really hampers our predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, such is life. Um, do you uh, do you have any like not not from a oh I think this person's gonna win standpoint or anything like that, but uh, like maybe surprises. Do you have any like predictions for like any surprises, any outcomes, uh, you know that kind of stuff with this match? Like, what are you expecting out of this match? No matter what I expect out of this match, I know um, that it's being said that this is probably gonna be Seth Rollins's last match for a while. So that, you know, he can go be at home with Becky for baby time. Yeah. Oh, wait. Tomorrow on SmackDown, isn't it supposed to be Seth Rollins versus Murphy? Yes, in a no-holds-barred match. What What if Murphy does something to Seth to take him out where Seth doesn't even appear at Survivor Series? That could happen. And then they got another spot to fill, and it's going to be like those SmackDown women's team where they got two spots. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be interesting if, if that happened. Can you imagine if all of a sudden out of nowhere, Samoa Joe showed up and Samoa Joe was on team SmackDown. And then like you would have a showdown in the center of the ring between Samoa Joe and Keith Lee, or you can have something like a Matt uh, ground game between Matt Riddle and Samoa Joe. All right. I think it'd that, be interesting that way, but I highly doubt that they'd do it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's obviously going to be a big doubt on that because I don't know if Samoa Joe is ready to come back, and if he is, I don't know if they'd want to pop him over on SmackDown or you know, I don't know the situation, but 
I just think, like, especially if they had an arena full of people, and if that scenario happened, I think there would be a huge pop. Samoa Joe's music right. kicks in, and he walks down to the ring, and him, like, they, you know, like in the middle of the match, all of a sudden, like, everybody, like, gets taken down, and Keith Lee's in the ring, and then Samoa Joe gets in the ring, and there's a face-off between those two guys. Like, holy shit. Right. And it always it would kind of reminded me of, like, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. <laughs> Straight up. I you know I don't I don't know what it is like I, it's just one of those things like I, I see matches like this and I just I, I love thinking of like different scenarios like that like what kind of what kind of showdowns would be interesting um, you know like Keith Lee and and Samoa Joe would would be real ideal um, considering the history that you'd pointed out earlier Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins if they were to tango I think they'd be kind of interesting other than that I really wouldn't get excited too much. Braun Strowman just came over from SmackDown, so any any face-off he right. had with the opposing team wouldn't really mean much. The same with Sheamus and kind of the same with AJ. Right. On, honestly, I can honestly say, like, in my opinion, I've always loved Survivor Series, but this Survivor Series, I'm not as invested as I would be. I honestly think, like, them once again taking out that dynamic of having NXT, I think, kind of ruined it for me because I think that was what was great last year was because it was different. There was something new. You had fresh faces in the ring, and you're not getting the same old boring bullshit. Yeah. It, yeah, it was, and it was a great scenario to kind of elevate both NXT as a brand and then like some of the individual stars like Keith Lee came out of Survivor Series last year smelling like roses. And, Straight up. And he, I think he's had a, a great first half of 2020. Now, obviously, it hasn't been, really been the same since they called up to the main roster, though. Right. But that's like 80% of people from NXT. Um, I would have popped Keith Lee back on NXT, to be honest. I really would have. I would have said, you know what? This is, uh, you know, if you guys want to see more Keith Lee, you know, tune in Wednesday nights. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not extremely excited for this match either. I mean, a lot of the combinations we're going to see here. I mean, majority of these people, other than, I mean, Keith Lee's the only person in Team Raw that hasn't had anything to do with SmackDown in the last uh, sixty days. Straight up. You know, and besides that, they're doing this random weird ass feud between him and Braun Strowman, and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, which which means WWE logic wise, they'll probably argue take each other out of this match. Mm-hmm. That way, neither of them get pinned. They save face, continue a feud. I mean, logically, it does make sense from a fan standpoint. Predictable. You don't want to see it. Exactly. Um. I'm going to give the edge to Team SmackDown on that. I, 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 that's going to be my prediction for this match, is Team SmackDown. And I, I think I think Jey Uso is going to be the survivor, uh, the sole survivor. Honestly, I'm kind of thinking that Jey Uso is going to be the fucking star out of the entire fucking match. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to literally show, hey, you know what? A lot of times, yes, the twin the twins are great, but you know, you give them a chance, they can go. Yeah, um, I think AJ Styles obviously, I think he's going to have a good showing in this match too. But 
yeah, Jay Uso, like you said, is going to be the star. I think he's going to be a sole survivor for that. And Team SmackDown's got my pick. I think it's going to be a whole thing of Jay Uso and AJ Styles, and AJ Styles is going to elevate Jay Uso. Yeah, oh, and AJ is great at at elevating and uh, raising the profile of some of his opponents. Like, I don't think Andrade would be where he is right now if he, they hadn't had a couple handful matches two years ago on SmackDown. Even though Andrade suffered defeats. Because he was in the ring, was able to hang with AJ Styles, and AJ kind of elevated him a little bit. His profile did raise. I mean, there's no denying that. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, who, who would you pick? Uh, which team for your for your prediction? SmackDown. All right, got two votes there for SmackDown. Um, next we got a five on five women's Survivor Series elimination match. Team Raw, uh, consisting of the women's tag team champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Teaming up with Lana, <laughs> uh, you know, Ms. Table, uh, Lacey <laughs> Evans. It's funny, right? Because she has a seat at the table, no pun intended here, at Survivor Series. Uh, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce, which were recently added to the match as of this last Monday Night Raw. Uh, Team SmackDown is going to be Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, uh, Liv Morgan, and two members to be determined most likely tomorrow night. Um, it's kind of hard to make a prediction for this match, considering that there are two members not on SmackDown right now. I honestly don't think that's going to make a difference, though, because I think Team Raw does have a strong team in Nia Jax and Shayna. I just think that Nia is going to be too consumed with wanting to throw Lana through the fucking table again. <laughs> And so she's just going to do everything in her power to just throw Lana through the fucking table. Um, honestly, I'm, I am I see what you're saying is like they, they seem like a strong team, but I'm going to go Team SmackDown. Although we don't know who those other team, team members are, in my mind, if anything, since I, you know, it's more likely probably going to either be, it's probably going to be Natty and Tamina, you know. But you've got three fresh faces that you've hardly ever, that you hardly ever see during Survivor Series in Bianca, in you know Live to Riot the or Riot Squad 2.0. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think it's gonna be a great one. Um, and I'm kind of leaning towards SmackDown a little bit just because I think it's. It's fresh faces. It's different. It's new. Um, it's what's needed for this women's division. Here, here, here's here's an idea for uh, one of the members of Team SmackDown, considering how late in the game it is to put the team together. Um, and I feel really freaking bad. I can't remember her name, but the uh, the other iconic. Billy Kay. Yeah, Billy Kay. Yeah. Yeah, the one that keeps handing out her headshot to everybody. Yeah, what if she's part of it? Uh, what what if what if her and Carmella get popped in there? That'd be interesting. If anything, I think Carmella would try costing Sasha the match on a against Oscar. Yeah. Since or, they're now apparently doing this whole feud between Carmella and Sasha, or uh, maybe Bailey can be added to the team. I think if they do Bailey, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think I I think Billy Kay though I think might be a shoe in as one of these people because I think they're gonna want it because it, it's all about uh, creating moments 
when it comes to mm-hmm. the Survivor Series, just like the Royal Rumble, just like WrestleMania moments, um, SummerSlam moments, like the big pay-per-views. And I think for sheer factor of trying to get a quick pop in this match, I mean, just imagine face-to-face Peyton Royce and Billy Kay going at it. Well, they did. The match was fucking terrible. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it was a one-on-one <laughs> match, but I'm saying, like, because they kind of been separated, they're on different brands now. It's kind of like, you know, the Rockers broke up, and then, like, you know, they did a showdown in the Royal Rumble one year. Mm-hmm. You know, where uh, I think Sean was in the ring, Marty come out, he was, like, number 13 or whatever, and everybody was doing shit in the ring, and Sean was in the center of the ring, he turns around, and Marty Jannetty's there, they're face-to-face, it was 96, I think it was. It was been a couple of years. But mm-hmm. um, they went the blows, and what a pop that was to see those guys interact again. I mean, obviously, the right. time between the breakup of the Iconics is a lot shorter. But I still but see them. But it would also be interesting. Yeah, I could see them wanting to do that. So, right. I'm just trying to think of in terms of like what WWE would do. Like, obviously, people listening to this are going to be like, "Dude, you fucking get over this whole fucking stare down shit." WWE, like, no, especially Bruce Pritchard. Oh yeah, he's high on shit like that. I definitely also think it it'd be great because that's why I'm like, you know, if you do somebody like Billy um, Bailey or even Carmella, it'd be something different, you know. No offense, one of the wrestlers that I've always felt has been boring has been Natalia. She's a great wrestler, but quit trying to act like you're your entire family members and get yourself your own fucking gimmick. Yeah. You know, you're not Owen, you're not Brett, you're you're not even your daddy. Mm, damn, harsh comments there by Kat. The claws were out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start getting your own fucking gimmick, get your own fucking music, and start being yourself. Stop trying to be like, oh my god, I'm a heart. Everybody knows you are. Yeah. It's time to just be Natty herself and not the heart family member. And well, the ironic thing is, I mean, that kind of is like the whole heart thing too. Is like everybody's kind of have to have this similar gimmick and really push the whole heart family member thing. But I, 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 I totally get what you're saying. Um, it would be interesting if she like kind of had her own little act. And I don't mean random farts. Like, that's not an act. God, no. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, look at the whole thing of what happened with um, TJ. Yeah. You know, when TJ went to NXT and everything and then went back to the main roster, all they kept referring to him as was Natty's husband. Natty's husband, Natty's husband. He got so pissed that he reinvented himself mm-hmm. and made people pay attention to Natty because, you know, yeah, he treated her like crap, but that's also because he was tired of always being second fiddle to Natty. You know, right before his injury, I, I loved what he was doing with Cesaro. You know, he would come out with headphones great. on and everything. Like, it was a really good act that the two of them had. And it, it was a shame that what happened with uh, with TJ, the career-ending injury that he had. Yeah, and people to this day, because they look at him and how, ja- and how good he looks working out and everything, they're like, can't you come back into the ring? And he's like, no. <laughs> nah. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one thing to still be able to work out, even kind of practice, help train people, and it's another thing to actually go out there and perform. Like, it's two different mindsets, two different uh, things that you're doing to your body. Exactly. And yeah. it's like, you, it's like people understand the man was, you know, not supposed to walk. TJ is supposed to be paralyzed. You know, he's supposed to have the same situation that Christopher Reeves had. Yeah. And doctors are surprised that his ass is walking, moving, doing everything. If I was him, I'd go out and buy a fucking lottery ticket. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, As far as this match here goes with Team Raw, Team SmackDown, with the women's uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Team Raw. I I, I think when if Nia puts Lana through a table, I think Nia is gonna do it when she's legal and she's gonna spend too much time doing it. She's gonna get counted out, and that's gonna take her out of it. Shayna Baszler's gonna get pissed off. Somehow that whole thing is gonna cause her to get eliminated. I, I'm gonna say Raw is gonna win this, and I think Lana is gonna be the sole survivor. Just to get Lana over. Yeah, well, not only that, but think about this, right? So this situation takes place that I just laid out right there, right? Lana gets put through the table. Nia is eliminated by countout. Shayna gets pissed off. Gets She's a legal person after that. She gets rolled up. She's out. Then you got Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce doing all the hard work. Team SmackDown is going to come down, I don't know, say Liv Morgan. Because you get most sympathy, I think, out of her than anyone else. Uh, Liv Morgan pins say Peyton Royce thinks that SmackDown's won it all of a sudden they look over Lana's barely getting up from the table spot earlier in the night Lana gets in there Liv fucking tries to give her some heat in the corner or whatever and Lana somehow with a small package roll up gets the one two three and Lana's the sole survivor I can get that one yeah I, I definitely think that would be an interesting one it's just like for me it's just been a whole thing of I'm over this whole thing of trying to get Lana over. Yeah. Like, if you want Lana to get over, then let Lana do what she needs to do to get over and not obsess over TikTok. Let's, uh, let's bring a, an arcade machine out (laughs) and let's, let's have, um, Lana, uh, take on Nia Jackson at game of Frogger. <laughs> and see who gets the uh, the high score. All right. Yeah, and then she can do her victory dance in the end zone. <laughs> so who who you got in this match? What team? Team SmackDown. Team SmackDown. All righty. There you go. One for Raw. One for SmackDown. Um, up next, we've got ourselves a uh, non-title singles champion versus champion match. Bobby Lashley, United States champion, taking on Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion. I, I, I guess I haven't been paying too much attention to either of these guys on either show the last couple of weeks to even know. I, I get Survivor Series, you're going to put champion versus champion, so I understand why this match is structured the way it is. Uh, is there heat between these two? Like, has Sami been talking shit? Has Bobby been talking shit? Like, what's going on? Bobby's been talking well MVP has been talking shit and Sami Zayn has been responding on Twitter um yeah 
interesting times. Um, so Sammy hasn't been responding on TV, only Twitter? Only Twitter, because he hasn't even been much on TV. What the fuck? They got a pay-per-view coming up, and this guy's not even on TV to promote it? No, because, oh, you know, this is why I, I haven't been watching lately, because it's been crap. They haven't really thought to use their fucking brains. Yeah, remember our, the, the last time we did a pay-per-view prediction show, the biggest gripe that we had was that we had, like, two or three matches the weekend before the pay-per-view. And right. then we got excited that they started announcing all these freaking matches for this show like weeks ago. But they don't even have the people that are on the card on television on a regular basis to promote this. We get one guy on one brand talking crap and then the other guy responds back on social media, not even the other show. I, what, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I have no... Hey, uh... Well, all right, never mind. I was going to go back to one of the previous matches, but I just realized it wouldn't make sense what I was going to say. But Yeah, it's just like, it's one of those matches that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And it's absolutely insane. This actually, I just remember, this is somewhat of a revisit of 2018, correct? Like, they feuded... On Raw. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I and hope to God that's being brought up. Oh, it is. That's the one thing, like, Sammy's been bringing up. Because Sammy's been literally carrying the whole thing on Twitter. And then MVP's been, you know, carrying it on Raw. MVP being, you know, the man that he is and the quick-witted man that he is on the mic. You know, he's been able to, to handle all that. You know, but... It's a whole thing of, it's one of those matches I could give two fucks less because I hate Bobby Lashley that much. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, I'm not really invested in this match either, but it's more of along the lines of like, I I guess there's just, there's nothing to the pairing of these guys other than a champion versus champion that makes sense for me. I, I don't want to revisit what they did two and a half years ago. I, I I mean, it may be a good match. I mean, on paper, I mean, you got the big guy versus the smaller guy, you know, uh, chicken shit heel Sami Zayn. You got Bobby Lashley, who is a heel, but will be playing the face in this match no, ma- no matter what. Um, I mean, other than that, like, yeah, there's just, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll give it uh, to, to Bobby Lashley. I think he's going to put Sami away. And I'm going to give it to Sami. All right, there we go. Uh, we've got the uh, tag team champions versus tag team champions. We've got Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, the Raw Tag Champs, taking on the Street Profits, who are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And I would imagine that this would have to be somewhat of a dream match for a lot of fans. That I, I would Most imagine it's a, it's going to be a great one because you've got two teams that know how to work together mm-hmm. and have some great dynamics. And I think it's going to be a match that's going to, people are going to pay attention to and be like, you know, that that's one of the greatest matches on the entire pay-per-view because these four guys will fucking deliver. See, you mentioned something that I was going to bring up as well. And I'm glad that you, you brought it up. Because it makes a lot of sense, especially in modern wrestling today. These are two teams 
that know how to work together. Not in the sense of the New Day knows how to work with discrete profits, but the fact that Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are a tag team. Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford are a tag team. They have been teaming together for years. It's not a makeshift tag team. It's not like these guys have been only teaming for six months and they're the tag champs and that's the story. These are two tag teams. These aren't two guys that are just paired together. Two teams. And that is definitely what's going to make this match, I think, the most interesting because we haven't seen that in a long time. No, we haven't. It's like the only time we've seen that has been the New Day and the Usos. And it's like, you know, yeah, it got it started to get stale after a while. But each single time they all delivered. Yeah, the, the, the build was boring, but the matches were good. Because these teams could go and they can work. And that's the whole thing is people keep forgetting is. You know, people are like, oh, there's no there's no great tag team wrestling anymore. Yeah, because you don't got a team that's willing to fucking work together. Well, you don't create a team that's willing to to build together and work together. If you just start putting two guys together and go, okay, go. Like the whole thing with Shane and Nia. Like, okay, you're a team now. That, to me, still just doesn't fucking work. Well, and you know, some of the sometimes when they do the makeshift team, sometimes it does work out long term. Sometimes it doesn't. It, sometimes you can just tell like it's short term. <laughs> yeah, the bar was something I thought was going to be short term because they were arguing over who should be the number one contender for the Universal Championship, and Foley put them together as a tag team to work out their differences. People forgot that they were that the end game was for them to figure out who was going to be the number one contender for a singles title. But they worked so well as a tag team that they actually became a tag team. They got a tag team name. They looked the same. They had an entrance. They had promos. They had slogans, merchandise. They became a tag team. I don't see this with Shayna and Nia. This is a short-term thing between those two. Oh, most definitely. And I think the minute those two start feuding with each other, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you know, show... Um, you know, just how dominant both of these women are because you've got two different styles. You've got the powerhouse and then you've got the submission magician. Submission magician. I like that. That's what Shana's nickname is. It reminds me of, uh, the, you, you, you ever heard of the jerky boys? Mm-hmm. Back in like the nineties, they did like the, the prank phone calls and everything. Yes. Yeah, Jamal from the uh, Jerky Boys. He had a character that he did called Tarbosh, the Egyptian magician. <laughs> and he would call up places and he would be like, and I know this is not fucking, this is like the furthest thing from fucking wrestling, but uh, I just always loved it because he would call places up and be like, yes, this is Tarbosh, the Egyptian magician. I do an act where I punch my stomach and make it disappear. Yeah, it was just wow. funny shit. And I just, you know. Uh, certain things, you know, just to kind of trigger memories. The submission right. magician. That's I like that. That's that's marketable. I and I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. It's like the small shit. Like that, I hear stuff that's like that. Been Shana's nickname since UFC. Yeah, I mean, it's just I like stuff like that. You know, like when AJ started saying, you know, he's the the uh, the champ that runs the camp kind of thing. Like I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for that because deep down, you know, marketing is like a. a a passion of mine. Right. Yeah. So it, it 
it makes me smile. I'm delighted to hear stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like, it's a whole thing of, it's time, people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Time as, to pay attention. As far as this matchup with New Day and the Street Profits, uh, which one are you favoring? Street Profits. I'm going to go with you on that one. I don't. Because I definitely think that New Day has had it. They're running with it. But I think that they're going to definitely push these kids. Mind you, they ain't kids, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because New Day's been together for coming up on, uh, on, on you know, six years now. Um, mm-hmm. Street Profits, I do think that I think they would benefit more from a win over the New Day. New Day, they'll bounce back no matter what. They're At this point, I think they're like the Hardy Boys. You can do anything mm-hmm. with the New Day. They're going to bounce back. People are still going to cheer them. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, Street Profits, that's, yeah, I think we're in agreement on that one. I think so far the only ones that we've disagreed on are the Women's Survivor Series match and uh, the uh, Lashley-Sammy one. Yep. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah, street Profits. Two votes for the Street Profits, ladies and gentlemen. And votes matter, by the way. Um, The next matchup here, we've got... The Raw Women's Champion, Asuka, or as uh, fucking Kurt Angle would say, Asuka, um, <laughs> taking taking on the SmackDown Women's Champion, the Mandalorian herself, <laughs> Sasha Banks, the boss. It's boss time on Sunday. Is it? Is it really? That's my question to you, right there. Is it boss time or is it time? <laughs> I think it's Oscar time. Yeah. Um, honestly, because you figure we're kind of reigniting a feud that we had over the summer between Sasha and Oscar. But I honestly think you've got that whole dynamic, as I said, of randomly now for the past two weeks, Carmella has come out in some dominatrix lace, uh, red fucking leather outfit. You know, sweetheart, nobody wants to know what you and Corey Graves do in the bedroom. Um, Jeez. <laughs> and attacking uh, Sasha. You know, she's all of a sudden decided she's going to implement herself into, you know, going after Sasha. And I think that's what's going to continue. Do I think that Carmella is ready to face somebody like Sasha? No. I'm sorry. Carmella has been one of the weakest fucking wrestlers there is. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow! I I saw Liv Morgan when Liv when Liv Morgan first started. Um, do you remember when NXT went to Riverside? Yeah, I went to a couple of those shows. We went to the uh, me and my ex husband went to the very first one. Okay. Over at the Fox Theater, I think you were there too. Um, and it was Liv Morgan versus Aaliyah. I, and, um, I don't know if it was that's the one I went to, but um, and it was fucking horrid. The first one I went to was yeah. December 2016. I don't think that was it. No, you went to the second one because the first one was in 2015. Yeah, well, I'm saying that's the first one that I went to was uh, December yeah. 2016, and then the. The only other time that I went was the second one that I took Anthony to was yeah. 2016. And then I went in July 2018. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the the match was you couldn't even call it botches. It was that horrid. But I've literally seen Lib Morgan grow. And I've seen her, you know, develop and come out of her shell and be able to do something different. And I appreciate that. I I don't see that with Carmella. I think Carmella's best act was when she was doing stuff with R-Truth. But I think her biggest problem is that um, I think she's a far better character than she is an in-ring talent. Um, Most I th- definitely. I think she's she's someone, yeah, she can talk. Yeah, oh yeah. When, when she's not trying to act like she's from Sat- Staten Island with her Boston accent. <laughs> oh, she, I, yeah, she's a great character. She could talk to people in the crowd, or in, in the arena, I mean. Um, I think she she's a far better heel than a face. And when she is a face, the best act was the whole dance break thing with our truth. But mm-hmm. I think I don't think it was necessarily like our truth is just fucking great. He he could fucking do anything. With with Carmella though, it wasn't necessarily one or the other that made it better. I think it was just like that was the perfect blend as far as personalities go. You can hand our truth a, a piece of paper and say tell Get, give me a fucking promo about this piece of paper and make it funny, and he'll do it in two seconds. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, he's a genius. He really is. <laughs> he's a fucking lyrical genius. Um, But anyway, going back to Oscar and Sasha Banks, um, you think Carmella is going to get involved? I definitely think Carmella is going to get involved. Let me ask you this. And Here's... cost Sasha the, mass, the match. Here's 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 a counter to that. What if that didn't happen? But what if Charlotte comes in and cost Oscar the match? That definitely would be interesting. I do know that Charlotte says she'll be uh she kinda posted on Twitter from what I just saw that she'll probably be back on Raw in about two weeks. So that would be shocking, considering the fact that one of the things she posted was "I miss you" to Oscar, and then Oscar sent her back, and "I miss you" back, and then she uh, started talking shit on Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh man! Hey, hey, hey. And said, the, said the match between her and Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series is what made Ronda Rousey realize she should quit the wrestling business. Uh, you know what's interesting? They bringing up Ronda Rousey made me think. What if Ronda Rousey is going to be one of the to be determined for Team SmackDown? That'd definitely be interesting. Yeah. Shayna Ronda. Okay. Yeah, they would be on opposing uh, rosters. Uh, they could do that going into WrestleMania. Yeah, they'd be on opposing rosters, and if you did have Bailey as the other team member, I'd have a feeling like. The two of them would probably attack Bailey to to build up to what has been talked about of when Becky comes back of finally doing the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. I think I, I think if they're gonna pull the trigger on that match, which has been the talk in the last two, three years, if they're gonna pull the trigger on it, I think the point of no return to actually do that is going to be next year's Survivor series. Right. If it doesn't happen by then, I've lost interest and i've lost hope 
kind of like when it turned out. You can out, have uh, Jessamine and Marina be prepared. Yeah, you have to have time to build them up. But like what I was saying was I, I would lose hope just like I lost hope. The moment that I fucking lost hope in Undertaker Sting was when they were doing the cabin promos in 2011 and they were supposed to be for Sting and talks fell through and then they said it was the Undertaker's return promo. I lost all hope. Even when Sting came in Survivor Series 2014, I said, they're not doing fucking Sting Undertaker in 2015. No, they did Triple H. Exactly. I've lost hope in 2011 for that shit. So if next year, if they don't do the four horsewomen versus the fucking four horsewomen, and I'm not talking about the fucking four horse-looking women from Sex in the City. I'm talking about these two <laughs> fucking teams that can actually fucking go. Like, if it's not taking oh, place shit. next year, I've lost interest. Oh, shit. What? Side effect. What up, Mac? Is Mac in the chat? I'm just Mac's in the, the chat. <laughs> kicking the door, waving my phone phone. <laughs> Man, uh, not even a jack in the box. It's Mac in the chat. About, we're talking about Undertaker Sting, and all of a sudden Mac just walks right straight through, like risen from the dead. The fucking Mac of all is up in the rafters right now. <laughs> what up, Mac? Yeah, that, what up, guys? Man, I had a long, uh, adventurous situation which prevented me from being on this uh, podcast earlier, but. I figured I'd just drop in like Sting from the Raptor. <laughs> Welcome in, Mac. You're in perfect timing, too. We're talking about Oscar Sasha. Okay, yeah. So please continue. I just, I, I wasn't going to say anything. We're just going to kind of, you know, jump in. Like, you know, they, when they jump rope and you perfectly time it, that's how I was going to jump in. But please continue. Yeah, because I didn't even have Discord up on the screen. So I didn't even know that you had, you had jumped in. How long have you been in? A few I just, minutes. Soon as, soon as cat so a few seconds actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, right on, right on. And, you know, and, and like she was saying, perfect timing. I think the perfect timing is that you, you jumped in right before we're about to get to the main event. Like Sting would jump in in the main event. Mm-hmm. Yes. All yes. right. Uh, well, anyway, Oscar uh, versus Sasha Banks. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Oscar. I think Oscar's gonna win this match. Most definitely, Oscar. Yeah, uh, Mac, Oscar or Sasha. I'm going to go with Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, the boss. Look at this. The Macalorian over here giving his <laughs> Well, that's 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 really why. Um, because she has a lot of mainstream press going on right now. Um, it wouldn't look good if she lost because of the mainstream press that she's getting right this second. Yeah. So I think that she'll, you know, beat Asuka with, you know, a, a quick roll up or even like, you know, put her feet on a rope or something. Something will happen. Maybe a count. Something will happen, but it's not going to be clean. It's not going to be decisive. I, I, I think that Sasha will, will win that just because she's on a hell of a roll, and they want to keep that going. Oscar can take a loss and still, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's been it's, that's that's been well documented that she's been able to take a loss and still kind of get back up there. I mean, uh, right. especially with, you know with that loss to Charlotte. Oh um, yeah. Cat was saying earlier that she uh, she thinks that maybe Carmella might get involved and cost uh, Sasha the match. Your thoughts on that, Mac? Um, I I would say I would say no, 
The only reason I would say no is because um, I, I think there, there may be some face-to-face confrontation during the show. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she will actually cost the match. Um, the reality is that I think with Survivor Series, um, I always kind of give a prediction on, on what type of show this is going to be. If this is going to be a workhorse show where it's going to be really good, or if this is going to be like a bad pay-per-view, or, you know, I think the last pay-per-view, um, what was the last pay-per-view? Hell in a Cell, wasn't it? Hell in a Cell, yeah. Yeah, Hell in I think a Cell. I- I think I said that wasn't going to be too great. And, it was, it was um, a one-match pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, it was a one-match pay- right? that they opened up the card with, which was just completely <laughs> crazy. Like, I had no idea. Like, after that, my interest waned uh, very seriously. Um, but um, I think this is going to be a pay-per-view that's going to be entertaining. I don't think this is going to be like, oh, man, that was a great, you know, or, oh, this sucks. I think it's going to be like, oh, no, it's pretty good. I think that's what people do when they walk away from it. Survivor Series is one of the big ones, so yeah, uh, they always try to do something different for that. That's what I was uh, saying earlier, like around the, the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown men's match and the women's match. Uh, I was explaining that I'm a, I am a sucker, and I know Bruce Pritchard's a sucker for these things, too. And since he's got the book, most likely we'll do it on a pay-per-view like Survivor Series. Certain little spots, like moments, like stare-downs. Like, uh, like since they have a doobie determined for Team SmackDown on the men's side, imagine if it was Samoa Joe jump ship over to SmackDown, and you had the stare-down between Keith Lee and Samoa Joe, or you had a mat game between Matt Riddle and Samoa Joe. That that would be a, a moment. Um if they put in Billy Kay on Team SmackDown and you had the face to face with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, like that's the moment. You know what I mean? Like, because, mm-hmm. like you said, Survivor Series is a big pay per view. Yeah, it's a big pay per view. I just don't think that, unfortunately, this year they did a great job of booking it. No. Um, I think what Most hurts. Definitely. It, I think what hurts it is the fact that we just had a draft. Yeah. So, so I can't, you know, I can't really buy into the fact that these are worlds colliding when, like, you know, AJ Styles was on SmackDown, you know, not too long ago. Yeah, you know, Ramos. Cat, I, I said the exact same thing earlier, didn't I? Yeah, you said Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, all those guys were still, you know, Matt Riddle. They were all just on SmackDown. Just 60 days ago. Like, Keith Lee's the yeah. only one on Team Raw that has nothing to do with SmackDown. Exactly. And I don't know why we just decided not to include NXT this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that hurt. That's what Kat that was saying earlier, too. <laughs> that hurt. I'm reading everyone's mind! No. <laughs> no, that, that, that really hurts. Um, you know, the ma- making the grand, the grand scale of everything. In fact, it hurts, too, from a standpoint of when, uh, you know, NXT was going against AEW. Uh, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. So a lot of people were tuning into NXT to see if somebody would cross over and, you know, make an appearance at the NXT brand. And that kind of helped the ratings there for a little bit. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I know that the NXT is having war games. They announced that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but War Games last time was the night before Survivor Series last year. Yeah. Um, which I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole mystery of it and, you know, Kevin Owens being the mystery guy and the big poppy guy. So I just think they just kind of phoned it in and, um, you know, we'll see. You think the pandemic had anything to do with it? I think the pandemic has a lot to do with the booking decisions that the WWE does right now. Um, Because Vince wanted to do the Thunderdome because that was his introduction to say that the WWE was back. Mm -hmm. So the Thunderdome concept, uh, I think visually, like the first few times you look at it is cool. But now looking at it is kind of like you're used to it. So there's not really any allure that makes you go, oh, okay. So with that announcement that they're moving to a, a stadium, and, and the stadium's out, is, is that an outdoor stadium or indoors? Or how does that work? I think it's like a hybrid, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, have no, I have no idea. So if it's outdoor, that would be very, very interesting because, you know, Florida rains like all the freaking time. Yeah. Um, so that would be very interesting visually if that's the case. But um, I think it's AEW having the struggle of in the middle of their show was the hurricane. Yeah. Um, so I just think that would be, she you knows? know, it's it, 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 <laughs> it, which which surprisingly he he was on AEW not too long ago. Oh, he was. Um, no shit. Uh, you didn't know that? No, no he. I um, he, he, shit. He, he, he was on that uh, ultimate. Uh, elition that elite deletion match, elite deletion match. The only thing I yeah. follow out of AEW is concussions and broken arcade cabinets. Like that's the only thing I know of. I I read I read the spoilers sometimes, and then I'll look on Twitter and see like a clip that they show. Mm-hmm. But that's it. I don't I don't give them a rating. I'm not interested in sitting there the entire time. You don't want to spend but yeah, two what hours happened on Wednesday night watching a bunch of heifers. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, don't even get me started. Yes. Yeah, so so like what happened is is um you know, they have the whole I forgot what they call it, the lake of whatever, I don't know. Like it's it's not over anymore. The lake of carnation lake. milk. Or, or right. <laughs> the the lake of evaporated eagles brand milk. <laughs> um like he was fighting and then gang grail showed up what yeah Yeah, i'm not yeah gang grail and he had hurricane captive (laughs) and i get and i I guess that was like maybe they did this storyline like two years ago or something because matt uh uh the hurricane said geez it's been two years or something so i i have no idea uh, it was sad to see the hurricane out of shape. It was sad to see Gangrel out of shape. And it's sad that everybody talks about how great AEW is and the future of pro wrestling, but they have more old timers on their show <laughs> than any show on television that produces wrestling. I don't understand that. Yeah. Wow. I don't understand that. Yeah, that that was the whole thing. That was the whole match and uh, thing of Jim Cornette saying that Rebby Hardy Southern said for people not to look at her. I heard that clip. I think that was all completely taken out of context, though. He said what now? 
because that you broke up there a little bit. What did Cornette? He, he he read off an email that somebody for that worked the show sat there and said that Rebby was a bitch and said for every single one of them not to look at her, talk to her, etc., etc., etc. Actually, that's not entirely what happened. They were huh. they didn't say who said it, but they said that it was recommended to not approach Rebby Hardy which Jim Cornette went on to explain that it could have easily been Matt Hardy just saying, hey, you know, let's get our job done. Just don't park next to her car and, you know, don't interrupt her with shit. You know, it, something like that, something passing. But with the report coming in that somebody had fucking typed up and sent to Jim Cornette, they made it sound like she was this big prima donna and all that kind of shit. Well, well I mean, she, you know, no disrespect. And it's going to sound crazy the way I say it. And, you know, I'm not sexist at all, but she has a mouth on. Like, she's very feisty and, 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 you know, she'll immediately speak her mind. Doesn't matter where Matt is or who he signed with. She will speak her mind on any promotion or any situation. So it's not hard to think about. Like, this is a quick story because it kind of hijacked your guys' flow. (laughs) <laughs> this is a quick story. Um, they, you know, they have this, uh, you guys are familiar with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Okay. So they have this 30th anniversary reunion that's on HBO Max. Yep. I'm going to watch this right after, uh, I'm yeah. gonna watch it right after this. Right. So there, there's a clip going around where I'm not going to spoil the entire interview because I actually haven't seen the clip, but it's, it's, it's headlines everywhere. But there's a quick sentence. The old Aunt Viv is going to be on there. Everyone knows that it's in the trailers and the marketing. She's going to be on there. Yep. And a lot a lot of people don't know unless you really follow the show or you're really a fan of uh, her work that for years she's bad mouth. Will Smith for many, many, many years. Um, and talking about the working environment and talking about all of that. So Will Smith made a comment in the comment that she made, and this 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 will kind of resonate the same in terms of uh Miss Hardy or Mrs. Hardy. Um she sat down and she told Will during this anniversary thing that you told everyone in Hollywood that I was hard to work with. Yeah. And that is a kiss of death for a woman of color and let alone a woman in Hollywood for you to say that. Especially at that because time. Because now, right, because now people don't want to work with you because you've been stigmatized by one of the biggest stars. Because when he was on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I mean, I think that's when, while he was still doing the show towards the end of the show, uh, I think Independence Day 1 came out. Yeah. So um, I don't know if Bad Boys came out during that time, but, um, you know, he was, a, he was a huge star. Huge star. And for Will Smith to say that, who doesn't have a problem with anybody, that yeah. was a kiss of death for her. That was a kiss of death for her. So, you know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, is it Re- is Reba, right, or Reba? Reba? Rebby, I'm sorry. Rebby Hardy. We're talking about Rebby Hardy. Rebby Hardy has that stigma of being difficult to work with. 
because of because of how protective she is over Matt and how opinionated she very much and is. how opinion right exactly on on how she thinks things should go, which always is in line with Matt Hardy. So when you got that stigma, it doesn't matter who necessarily says it or how true it is. It's hard to shake that. Hmm. And when a story like that comes out, then you're going to automatically think there's some truth behind it based off of the history. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. But yeah, just, uh, just wanted to give that a little side story. Real quick, not wrestling based, but kind of hmm. circle back around the whole Fresh Prince thing. Uh, because I've, I've been watching some episodes leading up to this because I've been fucking excited to watch this reunion. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the old Aunt Viv, mm-hmm. that fucking scene where she was fucking dancing mm-hmm. and fucking just showed off, told the motherfuckers, fuck you. Eh? Yes. That's some yes. fucking movement, man. <laughs> yes. That was one, that was a, that was a great, great, great moment. Um, great moment for the show. Great moment for her. Great moment. Very memorable. Oh yeah. Very memorable. That's why it was so shocking that she's had a lot of these memorable moments, and then they took her out of the show. But she goes into great detail uh, on the reunion. Act like I work for the show now. Make sure you <laughs> tune in. <laughs> yeah, but you know, after all these years, we finally get answers to that stuff. But I still, I real quick before we jump on to the main event here. Um, mm. I want to know still to this day, what the fuck happened to the middle, middle child and fucking family matters. I, from what I, from what I've heard, from what I heard, they had different ideas of what they were going to do with her. Yeah. And it just kept getting lost in the shuffle. She got lost in the shuffle for sure. Cause she just disappeared. Yeah. Like it, they just had different ideas for her and it just like, they never, they never decided to come up with anything because it's kind of like um, they have, for example, um, Rachel, who was uh, Harriet's sister on the show. Oh, she was hot. Uh, Rachel was just written off. Mm. So then one episode randomly, then she comes back because Rachel was supposedly Richie's mom. So she just comes back and then they said, oh, well, Rachel's been out singing and she's been this. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You just explained in like two seconds where she's been to kind of write her off peacefully, I guess. And you gave her an ending, but you never gave Judy that. Maybe she's somewhere in the basement of that house to this day. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a great show. TGIF. TGIF. Ugh. Truth. Nothing will ever compare. Nothing will ever get to that level of what that meant in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, because the thing is, is like it was just so. It's just a different time. Like I'm, I'm hearing now, you know, and as we're recording this, uh, you know, the pandemic, of course, is raging. Um, in California, you know, they just announced um, that we're going to be under a month long. Uh, modified stay-at-home order. They're saying modified, so not not everyone loses their mind, but it's still a stay-at-home order per se. Yeah, curfew. Yeah, I, I and know, uh, I, I now know I now don't get to see my son for leading into Thanksgiving. That's ridiculous. 
due to this situation. Yeah. My son yeah, was that... supposed to be here this weekend, and now he's not. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Um, and she hasn't the, seen the him whole... since July too. That's that's even worse. Oh, oh yeah. are you are you going to see him hopefully for Thanksgiving? No. Um, if anything, my ex husband says he's probably going to try and call me on Thanksgiving, so I can talk to him. But this, this absolutely nut nut type situation. Exactly. Um, but I forgot. I forgot the point I was going to make because that just totally like. Well, how times have changed right. and whatnot during the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, times have changed, and back in the day, um, you know, when it was eight o'clock, everyone was at home, primarily watching television with their family. Um. Now it's like eight o'clock is not even the beginning of the night now. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, it's just eight. Like before it'd be like, oh, it's eight o'clock. <laughs> oh man, I better hurry up and get home. Yeah. But but now it's like, oh, it's just eight, man. It's <sighs> Oh, especially in how ballsy it was to do that on a Friday night. Right. Right, right. So it's just, you know, it's just a different world now. Yeah, and you know, but, nowadays, considering, like, the television fucking Friday is the fucking time slot of doom now. Yeah, yeah. Um, surprisingly, SmackDown is doing pretty good with the time slot they have. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, doesn't hurt to be on Fox, but I think <laughs> they're doing pretty good. I think they're doing pretty good. Yeah. I know AEW would have loved that. Oh, they would have loved that. They would have loved. Just imagine if AEW was the first wrestling company to be on Fox. Just imagine that. Oh, we'd never hear the end of it. We would never hear the end of it. We've done something we've never done before. You know, it would be like you know someone touting themselves over and over and over again. That would be the shift of balance of power in wrestling. Yeah, which I'm still waiting for. <laughs> Well, this Sunday we might find out who's going to have the shift of power of balance as far as the top guys go in the WWE. As we got Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, taking on Roman Reigns, the Universal champion, and uh, Drew picking up the title over Randy Orton this past week on Monday Night Raw. And I, I'm, I, I've been, I've been wanting to ask you about this, man, because I know that I know, I know you got an opinion on this <laughs> shit, man. What you, what you think about this whole Drew Randy Orton match? Uh, first of all, I'm gonna be 100% honest with everyone. I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh man, okay. Um, Same. I didn't watch it, and uh, I didn't watch it because number one, they've wrestled what five or six times at this point. Oh, that's generous, but yeah, probably. Insane amount of times already. Yeah. No, let's count it for real. What was their first encounter? Um, what was it? SummerSlam? Right before SummerSlam, yeah. Oh, was it before SummerSlam? Mm hmm. They had a match. Mm. Right before SummerSlam is when Randy kept attacking him. SummerSlam is when they had the first match. Well, that's what he's asking. This was the first match. Yeah. All right. So the first match was SummerSlam. And then after that was the. Um. Then they had the No Holds Barred match first. Yes. All right, so they had the No Holds Barred match first. 
Then the match at SummerSlam wasn't no holds barred, was it? I can't even remember, to be honest. It's let's just been say so insane. Let's say they've had five matches. Yeah. Because of the ambulance match, the SummerSlam match, the Hell in a Cell match, um, Shit, this match on Raw. Match. Right. The mm-hmm. match on Raw. And then I think they faced each other one more time. So at the four or five times. I I'm, don't really think that they are that great of a pair in the ring with each other. Um, I I just I just wasn't digging any of their matches really. Um, I think the ambulance match was a disgrace of how they booked it. <laughs> well, remember, the and entire... I that was the one that we said that Orton should have definitely have fucking won that one, right? He should have he should have won it. He should have won it, and you should have won. Uh, you know, the Hell in the Cell match because I think that was after that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They should have won that in the Hell in the Cell match, and then booked it as like one more, one last time for McIntyre, and then it would have been a little bit more intrigue to their match on Raw because you don't know which direction that they were going to go. But I, I like I said, I didn't see it. I saw that they tried to make it a big match feel. I read about that. I read that Drew McIntyre came out with a sword. Well, they started at, at 7.30 as well instead of like a quarter till. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing is he came out in the old kilt that he used to wear back in the day. And then Seamus gave him a sword. But it's actually, Drew actually said it was actually Vince's sword. Wait, what, Vince McMahon's sword? It was Vince yeah, I did read sword that, that uh, Stephanie and Hunter bought Vince. They said, we need a sword. Vince goes, I got one. Who in the right mind would give that man a sword? <laughs> Who gave him a fucking dinosaur skull, Triple H? Oh, I'd want one of those. Oh, dinosaurs <laughs> are awesome. Yeah, so, so you, you, you know, know, I saw... Hey, Mac, you want to know why Drew came out with a sword? Why? Because that's how real men fight with swords. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> so so, McIntyre comes out. Uh, did they do anything special for Orton? Just the same entrance? I don't remember. I didn't watch his so, entrance. Same old, same old basic bullshit entrance. Okay, so he comes out. Who came out first? Did Orton come out first or McIntyre? Drew. Drew. Okay. Okay. At least they did that right. And um, you know, I, I saw all of the spots. Because on WWE.com, Twitter, you know, they showed the, the major spots or whatever. But I just wasn't into it. And then, you know, Drew McIntyre went. And I'm still for the life of me trying to understand what was the whole purpose of this feud with Randy Orton. It didn't do anything to elevate Drew McIntyre. It didn't do it anything really to elevate Randy Orton. This has done absolutely nothing to help these guys' careers. It's done nothing. I'm, I'm not impressed. I think it was bad booking. And this just goes back to Vince having this hard-on for having a big match at Survivor Series. He's done this many, many years. Oh, well, we know Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar. No one wants to see that. We're going to go ahead and have AJ Styles win the title real quick. Yeah, because I'll tell you this, I was looking well more forward 
to Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns than I was Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Because yeah, because I think it's going to be a lot more psychology because you don't know what's going to happen. I think, and I don't understand. Bigger win for Roman too. It would have been a bigger win for Roman Reigns, and you know this whole. I, I just don't. I just I, I'm getting to the point where I'm not liking Drew McIntyre. I'm slowly getting up that hill because I like his look, but I hate his character. I don't I don't get it. You can't be the happy-go-lucky heel that every time, well, let's go ahead and fight. You guys want to see us fight? Let's go ahead and fight. No, a fight is a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody here on the phone has been on a fight. It's not physical, verbal. If you're fighting with somebody, there's a lot of emotion pumping through your veins, and you're angry, and you're turning red, and you want to do something to that particular person in that moment. It's not like, oh, okay, well, we'll go ahead and screw it. We'll just go ahead and fight right now, huh? No. That's not that's not the happy-go-lucky heel that fights everybody doesn't work in today's day and age. You can't do that. Doesn't make any sense. So to answer your question, what I thought of it, I thought it was stupid because you only did this <laughs> because you can get you know, more more eyes on Survivor Series. I think it was absolutely stupid. What is this? What is this? Okay, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Now, okay, that could have been a big money match down the line mm-hmm. at SummerSlam, possibly next year. Right. Why are we? Get, why are we doing this now? What is this going to do? It, it, it's a whole thing of because you know people were literally pointing out you know like you said the the whole thing of. Changing out gender to AJ. Well, the year later, they they people were like, "Do we really want Brock AJ too?" Nope. Instantly changed it to Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar because Daniel Bryan beat AJ the week before. You know, the yes. Friday before. You know, and yes. so it was like, it it it's the same fucking shit. And literally, somebody goes, "Is it gonna go three in a row?" And sure enough. I'd like to say in defense of the whole Daniel Bryan year, I think mm. that, in my opinion, was the smart move to do. Most definitely. Be- but it's like, be- it, it's, it, it's ridiculous to do it with Drew. I think it was the smart thing to do because it was Daniel Bryan. He had just come back from being out for four years, and he mm-hmm. went up against Brock Lesnar. And it created such a mystique of, oh, how is this going to go down? Right. I agree with that. As opposed but to the other you, ones. You, you can't keep pulling out the same play over and over and over again. No. Exactly. You can't, you can't keep doing that. And that's what happened. You kept pulling out the same thing over and over and over again. And here we are now with McIntyre and, and Reigns and... I shouldn't have known when he popped up on SmackDown. I said, "Oh God, they're doing." I said, "They're really going to do it." With the fact that Roman Southern said, "I don't even watch Raw. People don't even want to watch Raw because people are more interested in watching me on SmackDown." Which was a very good shoot comment, which I loved. Mm -hmm. I loved that. I thought that was great. I thought that was great because it's the truth. Yeah. 
but yet you put the title right back on McIntyre. I don't understand that. We kind of teased Orton and the Fiend. Remember that? I guess we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> right. So I, I, I thought that would have been very interesting. I thought it was interesting how Orton played that because he was backing up and he even turned around to face the Fiend. He went right to, he'd rather fight Drew McIntyre than the Fiend. That would have been very interesting to see. I you think know, that's the Viper. because they're going to give The Fiend and Randy the feud, but without the title. They don't want to get bite the bullet again and give The Fiend back the title. There's ways to protect guys, but you're trying to make this interesting. You need a big match for a Royal Rumble. That would have been a, a great build-up to have something at the Rumble. Um. I heard rumblings that they're talking about at WrestleMania. They're going to do a, a mixed tag team match: Edge and Beth Phoenix against um, uh, the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Hmm. Which I don't think is a great idea. I think that's a, another dumb idea. I don't. I don't see the dynamic on any of that shit. It just doesn't make sense to me. For that match yeah. to place, like it's just, that's just that's hitting random in universe mode. Yeah, uh, you know you got to do a lot of build up very fast because they just see the, the the smart booking would have been to make Randy Orton so dominant, and then obviously Edge comes in and costs him the title. And what sucks is that Edge's you know whole comment um, when he got injured or promo was that he was going to make Randy Orton's life a living hell. That's what he said he was going to do. We haven't seen or heard from him since. Mm-hmm. And he went on this incredible role, which, you know, the WWE said, ah, screw it. You know, it, because it was exciting because you had Drew McIntyre on a big role and then you had Orton the heel on a big role. And then he, I'll never forget, he cut that great promo saying, you know, unfortunately for you, Drew, you're the champion and I'm going to take your title. So you really had a, a very good face against a very good heel. And it kind of kicked it in the balls. Now what do you do with Orton? Like, I, I think it's like you have to leave him off the TV for a while. Yeah, for sure. You got to kind of hit the reset button a little bit on Orton. Yeah, and it's like you had this perfect Especially story since, with Edge. Uh, I guess he, he started the whole thing. Uh, he had started the night, or he started it last week, saying, you know, I've always been known as the legend killer. Now I'm just the legend. And it's like, all right, let's give him a reset and just give him a break. Yeah. I think my biggest gripe about them putting the belt back on Drew and now the match is Drew versus Roman is that Mm -hmm. Roman's going to kill Drew McIntyre. Um, He is. They've booked themselves in a corner on this one because... If Roman puts Drew away too fast, but allowed Jay Uso to get as much in on him as he did in the last 60 days, it's going to make Drew look like a piece of shit. If Drew wins, everything they've done with Roman Reigns from SummerSlam to right now was for nothing. So what the fuck do you do in this match? I think what you do is you have to... see. What was what's what's great about Roman is they're booking him like Brock. And case in point, because somebody said, oh, they're not booking him like Lesnar. What are you talking about? Okay, let's look at the evidence here. Okay, let's look at 
the match he had with Braun Strowman. He choked Braun Strowman out. Mm-hmm. Now, who else on the roster would they allow that to happen with? There's nobody. Angelo Dawkins. Unless you... <laughs> <laughs> Chad Gable. Oh, um, shit. Oh, shit. Um, there, there, there's, there's nobody that they would allow that to happen with unless... Lesnar was they wouldn't even let Joe if Samoa Joe started wrestling they wouldn't let they, they, do you think they would let Joe choke out Braun Strowman absolutely not that that is a, that is a Lesnar booking right then we turn it to the match he had uh, at Hell in a Cell against Jey Uso now the match went back and forth a little bit then at the end who was in control? Who was who? The officials came out to pull this man off of Jay Uso. Who else have they done that with? Let me guess. Lesnar. Remember when Lesnar was breaking people's arms? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're booking him like Lesnar. So what I think is going to happen is they're going to have a match at Survivor Series. I don't think is going to be long. I don't think it's going to be a long match. I think it's going to be a hard-hitting, maybe 15-minute match. And I think it's going to be interference and all this other stuff. And I think that Roman Reigns is going to hit him with, like, maybe two or three of his... You know, when Lesnar beats somebody, then they always talk about how many F5s or how many suplexes that he did to that particular person to make the person look tough, even though that they lost. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen with Reigns is going to hit him over and over and over again with the spear and over and over again with the Superman punch. And he's going to win. And they're going to say that this was a, this was a, her, her I can't say it. Her, I can't say it. Let me change the word. I was going to say, um, a big. This was a huge effort, a huge victory for Roman Reigns, but you have to give it to Drew McIntyre. He just did not want to stay down. In the end, it took seven spears. In the end, it took four Superman punches. You know, they're going to really put that over. It took the interference... Mm-hmm. Right. It it took it took the interference of Paul Heyman and the interference of Jay Uso and Superman punches and spears to take down Drew McIntyre. And that's how they're gonna book it. That I can it, definitely see it like that. It took like, you know, the whole, you know, US Marine Corps to beat this guy. That's how they're gonna do it. I think and like, John Cena's gonna come out with the Miz. And I think they're going to get involved. John Cena or John Morrison? John Cena and The Miz. <laughs> Why is John Cena? I don't know. I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> I was like, huh? I, I bet you, you, you can't see that coming. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think that Vince will have... Um, since there's going to be so many finishing maneuvers and stuff, and McIntyre is going to be laid out, you think the Miz is going to cash in Survivor Series? That's a, that's a I really do. good question. 
I think so. I mean, I mean, it is the 10 year anniversary day that he won the title. Let me ask you this: oh, yeah. Where does the Undertaker fit into all this? Nowhere. Doing like okay. a whole fucking thing with Taker. <laughs> a very simple and a question, simple legends. answer. <laughs> no, nowhere. I th- I think they'll start the show off with the Undertaker, and then that'll be the end of. You don't think they're going to close all the show? Legends. No. This, this this will be the telltale sign, right? Yeah. Because I think this is a big ruse and a big cover-up for another Undertaker. That's what I think. I, I definitely think that they might actually do something of The Fiend. Because Taker just did a fucking interview saying the, the wrestler he admires the most right now of modern day is The Fiend. I don't want to see that match, to be honest. And I don't want to. Fiend, I don't want to see that match either. And said, "Hey, you got it, didn't you?" Take. I want to see Undertaker versus Bianca Belair. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I want to see McAvoy versus Bianca Belair. <laughs> we can open it up on OnlyFans for that one. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, um, but I no, honestly though, I I think this is a. Uh, I, I just really wish that somehow we can do Sting Taker. I think at this point anybody would take you have enough time to book it, you have enough time to choreograph it, you have enough time to you have enough time to like do how you did with Edge and and, and, and Orton where you tape segments of the match and like make it seem like it's one match but it really was two. Like you you can do so many things. But that's I the last that. match. That's the last match that people want to see. And Taker knows that in his heart of hearts. It's ironic you bring that up because I'd made a comment about that earlier in the show before you before you joined us. That was when you popped up and you pulled the stick moment <laughs> on us. <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, I I lost hope for Undertaker Sting when the cabin promos turned out to be for the Undertaker, not Sting, in 2011. Yeah. That's when I lost hope. Even when Sting came back Survivor Series 2014, I said, they're not doing that match. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I let's did, but... just cross blade streams. Wait, what happened? <laughs> I said, let's all just cross blade streams. Blade. His two favorite... Da- blade. Oh, I thought yeah. you said streams, not dreams. <laughs> That's why I looked on Discord. Like, is he streaming right now? Like, <laughs> so we crash his stream while we're recording the podcast. It'd be great, drag ass. <laughs> He's got to go get his loot. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of battling in my mind right now if we should even bring over the whole Dungeons and Dragons bullshit onto the podcast with Blade. But yeah, I, I, hey, listen, I, I'm not a drunk Dungeons and Dragons player, but you know, I think we should leave that at where is that? Put it, put a, put a thumbtack in that one, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll end the whole Blade thing with uh, you know we we don't know why he still tries, but. Um, so we got Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. Uh, I think what the three of us are probably in agreement that Roman Reigns is probably going to get the victory, right? Yes, absolutely. All right, Roman Reigns get a three shot there. Um, 
And uh, what do you got? What do you got? Let me cut you off. What do you guys think that's going to actually? Because I never finished my thought. If I think if Taker is at the um, if Taker's at the beginning of the show, yeah, then he's done. We're not doing anything else. Congratulations. If you have him in the middle of the show, thank you very much. We're not doing anything with him. Congratulations. If he's at the end of the show, he's having another. Yeah. That's what I think. Most definitely. If it's against The Fiend, as much as I don't want to see it, here's what I would like to see happen to kickstart it. I would like to see The Undertaker in the ring. I'd like to see Undertaker on a microphone giving his thanks, like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels and all those kind of send-offs. And all of a sudden, I, I don't want the whole bullshit to happen. I don't want none of that. I want all of a sudden out of nowhere, I want Alexa Bliss to start walking to the ring with a big fucking gift. And she gets in the ring and she sets it down and walks away while smiling and dancing and all that shit, right? Like whole AJ Lee fucking prance. Take off and Undertaker's just staring at the That's present. why Liv, Liv more than would have much better. Yeah. But the Undertaker staring at the gift and you fade to black. You don't give the reveal of what the fuck is in there or where it's going down. Because you're going to get what you want. You got to get the hook, man. You're gonna, everybody's going to want to watch Raw to figure out, like, are they going to continue this shit? They're going to say what happened. Are they even going to, even if it's a fucking thing of like, maybe they'll play a clip saying what happened off the air kind of thing. I just want to see something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, They. They. the WWE is not good for cliffhangers anymore. Mm-mm. They give everything away. Everything away. Um. I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Is he going to come out as The Undertaker or is he going to come out as Mark Calloway? Is he going to be coming out holding his wife's hand? You know, like Shawn Michaels? And then Jericho's going to come out and punch her in the face. <laughs> yeah, which which was, oh my God, that was just so great. Great, great TV. Um. Now he's feuding with the guy that you know. Never mind. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I just don't. To me, Vince is not going to do this for no reason. And seeing the Undertaker's documentary, I don't think that the Undertaker is going to show up and just take a whole bunch of people clapping for him. And nothing happened. In an empty arena. In an empty arena, absolutely. I don't think that's not how The Undertaker wants to go out. Like, listen, you had a match that was basically a cinematic match. I don't think The Undertaker wants to go out like that. No. You can't end your career off of a cinematic match. You gotta get you. You got. It has to be in a crowd. It has to be at the grandest stage of. It has to be. We have to say goodbye to him the right way. Vince is not going to just say, "Okay, that's it." Come on, guys. Use your brain out there. Who's who's listening? 
this thing with the Undertaker is a ploy and it's a plot for something else. It's an alley oop for something else. Mark my words. The Thunderdome either is he? No. Oh, can you imagine the visual of his entrance coming out with the Thunderdome graphics and everything? Oh my God. That's gonna be great. Yeah, it's, it's you know it, it, it's gonna be interesting. But please give me Sting. I just want Sting. That's it. That's all we want. Mac, I I hate you right now, man. Because like I've got, I haven't had hope for that match in almost ten fucking years, and you bringing up Sting like this, and like the whole fact that they can do a cinematic match <laughs> and make it look interesting and all that good shit is starting to get me hope again, and I don't want that hope because like I know what it's like to be fucking let down. <laughs> don't give the man hope, man. Like when I die, I want I want Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard to be a Paul Bearer, no pun intended, at my funeral. So oh, let me down one last time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just let me down yes. one last time. Yes, I. Uh, I don't think that Sting has a great possibility of happening. Just, let's just be reality based. However. I think he has a greater possibility of the fiend situation. Actually, I don't even know if this the fiend. It may be something else that just happened, where he doesn't fully retire. You know, it's something, something else, something's fishy about. This. What if he comes out on a motorcycle wearing an NXT hat? Like you know, Shawn Michaels always wearing an NXT hat. What if he comes out wearing an AEW hat? Like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Dude, that would the be dead so man, fucking awesome. Dead Man Inc. is now an AEW. Right? Holy shit. And then maybe we can have the dream match of The Undertaker versus The Cockroach in AEW. <laughs> Rochi is all in. Roche. I wonder if they're going to uh, push him. Haven't seen him on TV in a while. Oh my god, the ideas are circulating in my head about the thumbnail for this episode now. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, Survivor Series is this Sunday. Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, pay-per-view. As, now, I, I kind of feel like I should be doing my Conrad impression right now. Now, you know, you know this Sunday is, uh, you know, the Survivor Series and... Everyone always wanted to know if it's going to be a good pay-per-view. But that brings me to the next question here, Bruce. Uh, so, uh, before we head out, uh, Mac, any shout-outs, mm. any plugs, or anything like that? Actually, not right now. Um, we're still redesigning our website, and hope to have it up and running next week. So, not oh. right this second. Just in time for the Thanksgiving food rush? Yeah. Food coma I'm going to get myself into. <laughs> Like Pizza the Hut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Kat, any shout outs, any plugs? No. No? None that I got. Not not even, not, not one plug? Mm, what's my plug? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, in that event, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, don't forget you guys can check out uh, uh, Ring Scoops on social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Ring Scoops, twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops. Got, finally got that name after all this time. 
twitch.tv slash ring scoops for all the live stuff. And we got new content coming up, new in the pipeline. It's it's we're working on it, man. Some some ring scoops branded content coming to you live and in living color on twitch.tv slash ring scoops. Um, and also if you'd like to support the uh, the the ring scoops crew, if you want to be a member of the scoops troop. Uh, you guys can get your Ring Scoops gear over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ring Scoops. We've got the Cat shirt. We've got the McAvall shirt. we got the Blade shirt, minus the dragon fucking. Um, you guys can pick up your loot over there. Uh, we got all kinds of good stuff there for uh, Ring Scoops at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ring Scoops. And uh, I can't really think of any other plug to mention. we got a Black Friday deal, I guess, 20% off. Uh, I'll have the code up on Twitter uh, later on tonight. Uh, to get twenty okay. percent off of orders over there at ProWrestlingTees.com dot com slash ring scoops. Cat uh, okay. Mac, thank you so much for joining the show this week. As always, uh, it's been a a lot of fun, and it's been my pleasure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, the Webmaster Wade Needham saying thank you, good night, and be cool. <laughs>